Freethinkers, and welcome back to the Free Thought Project podcast. My name is Jason Bassler, and joining me today is the Free Thought Project editor in chief, Matt Agarist. Our guest this week is David James Rodriguez. David is one of my favorite people in the truth liberty movement and is one of the most passionate activists that I know. He has involved himself with several different forms of advocacy for causes that are near and dear to his heart, and it won't be hard to recognize that this conversation was a testament of David's enthusiasm for these topics, as well as his zeal for learning, improvement, and life. During this interview, David shared some of his experiences with his right-to-travel activism, which eventually got him locked up for a short period of time, including being held against his will and also being ordered to receive two separate mental health evaluations by three different corrupt judges that railroaded him. David has also done a lot of work within the homeschooling, peaceful parenting space with the legendary John Taylor Gatto, which we discussed. Now, there's a reason why David has so much support in this movement, and I'm positive by the end of this podcast, you'll know exactly why. David, thanks so much for joining us today. You've been doing some great work over the past few years, and we wanted to talk to you to shine a light on it and maybe discuss some important topics that are on your radar as of right now. So I just saw that you're speaking at Derek Rose's The Greater Reset 4 conference in January next year. And I know you've been involved with and spoke at Anarchapoco for many years. You're also a writer who wrote the book, The Anarchist Guide to the Galaxy. You do a ton of work relating to homeschooling, peaceful parenting with your Valor Academy, which I'm hoping to get into during this conversation. And for a while, you were challenging the state with both civil disobedience protests during COVID and also challenging the rule of law by testing the boundaries of law enforcement by not abiding by licensing laws or displaying plates, which ultimately, I think, ended up kind of painting a target on your back, which, again, I'd like to get into. I feel like there's so much to talk about with you, but maybe for our audience who isn't familiar with you or your work, can you perhaps give a brief overview of some of the projects you've taken on that are the most important to you? And what has your focus now? Mm, Yes. Thank you, Jason and Matt, for having me on the show. Really respect what you guys are doing on the planet and your decades of work. Um, I think what has me, my, my focus right now is creating solutions and the exit and build philosophy. And that is to leave all their systems and build that which we want to see. You attended the uh, Education Options Expo I had uh, a few years ago, and I was really honored you showed up there, um, which was this philosophy from Buckminster Fuller, which you don't change reality by fighting against it. you got to create a new model that makes the old model obsolete. And so 
that's the work that I'm doing education because I found out after the research, and I'm sure many of your listeners know that these hyper wealthy predator psychopaths have been plotting this plan for enslaving humanity for a long time. So it's intergenerational organized crime. And I got that term from Etienne de la Buerti Squared, his book, Government, the Biggest Scam Exposed. And so I started coming up with this concept at uh, Anarcha Vegas, I think 2018, 19. It's like, we got to build intergenerational freedom. And, you know, just like you guys, I was a kid once and I blinked and all of a sudden, you know, I'm in middle age now. So um, when I see a, a teenager, when I see a young kid, when I see a toddler, I see myself because I was a very energetic uh, young kid. And even now I got a lot of energy because I love life and I love the adventures and I love humanity and I love um, hugs and exploring and dancing and everything about being alive, I really enjoy. And so that's what these sickos are trying to get rid of. They want to chip us and enslave our progeny in perpetuity. And so it's always coming to this question of what are the solutions? <laughs> so now it's like, oh, I'm the solution. You're the solution. So we got to take a look in the mirror. And so the exit and build philosophy or um, I got the website leaveandcreate.com. I haven't done anything with it yet, but there's a bunch of different things, you know, depart and produce, escape and make, whatever we want to call it. It's this idea that we got to take this world or this family or ourselves and start to build what we want to see because these guys looks like they have seized the entire political system. There might be a few little, um, you know, bright lights in the system that are speaking truth. But, you know, you get railroaded. It's a, a boys club. and you know, fraternity, so you don't want to rock the boat. And uh, I think the great quote I heard from, uh, I think it was 1950s or 60s, the guy said, the empires of the future are the empires of the mind. And that is true. And government, know, you know, means control of the mind or mind control, gubernari mente. So this is where the work has to be done, I think. And I got to start with myself rather than try to go do some other work out there. But, um, you know, we can do it by ourselves, but there's a lot more fun in community. There's a lot more fun doing it with each other, helping each other, find some positive uh, people to do it with because we've been lied to about every major thing, it seems, in life, the educational system, medical system, financial system, um, the government system in general, uh, military news is like this is a major deception that we have been under and now we're coming out of the the sleep the um, hypnosis that we've been under and uh, you and your listeners we're some of the visionaries on the earth and you might not realize that or maybe have some he hesitation to accept it but after going to all these events and meeting the people talking to people i'm pretty clear that we are the ones we've been waiting for and uh, there's a lot of work to be done. But if we focus on the intergenerational aspect of it, I, I kind of take a deep breath because, you know, there's nothing worse than trying to eat an elephant in one bite or trying to take on the whole world when it's like, that's not my job. My job is to take one step at a time, one bite at a time, one brick at a time, and we can build a freer world, a more peaceful world, and hopefully pass the torch on to the next generation. So, so that's some of the focus that I'm on uh, right now. And, um, you know, I do work with uh, teenagers and parents primarily to help them get out of the school system. I do accelerated high school graduations through 
uh, thevaloracademy.com, and I do homeschool consulting with my homeschool leader group, and I got some things in the work there because I have to raise up my game, but that's uh, the training that I'm giving to parents is kind of an unlearning process of uh, what is to be achieved. So um, yeah, just focusing on solutions and trying to live my life. And uh, you mentioned some of the law stuff. Maybe we can chat a little bit about that, but uh, <laughs> it's a, a wild time to be alive. And um, I think I have questions for you guys because you guys are doing great work as well and um, learning how to digest and process the, the voluminous amount of information and, and tyranny. Um, that's probably a, you know, a PhD in self-care and self-transcendence or you know, something like that uh, to deal with. And I think everybody's dealing with that uh, right now. Certainly, man. I think COVID played a big role in, in accelerating this movement or, or this mass awakening. <clears throat> you know, I listen to, to the Joe Rogan podcast all the time, and he was essentially a statist until like the last six months. You know, he had Duncan Trussell on there, one of my favorite people in the world uh, recently. And they were talking about how basically they were just talking like anarchists. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, this is this is becoming mainstream now you know and, it, and this is these were wild ideas just three or four years ago but we're we're watching this massive awakening you know i mean obviously there's still a lot of work to do like you had said and there's there's lots of things for everybody to be doing but there's this it's it's it seems to be accelerating and i think that this loss in the trust in government is is a good thing and i don't think that in the short term that it's going to be very fun you know i think it's going to be pretty bad for 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 a little while like so what would you tell people to do like in this short term like look at what's going on in brazil right now for instance where they're disputing the results of the, that election and it's it's chaos you know um what do you think like is that this very very well may happen here in two years you know when, when the presidential election shit it might happen next week <laughs> you <know>? yep. <laughs> with what's going on so what, what do you think is a good uh solution to insulate oneself from that and and you know to move forward and like be able to prosper in these and this potentially insane times that are that are coming absolutely man so uh, my first move, and I'm so grateful, was to leave the urban areas. I think the urban areas are hot spots for this, and there's so many people, and there's um, a lot of deception, and mm -hmm. the culture and the morality and the values are different in these urban areas. So that would be my first recommendation. And uh, the second one would be to find your community or build your community of people who understand that voluntary consensual relationships are the only way to go. And, um, you know, we did some voluntary solutions bonfires in Santa Cruz during the scamdemic. We did 70 of them in a row on Saturday at Twin Lakes Beach there because everything was shut down and it was literally our therapy. It was our church. It was our, you know, um, escape because you couldn't go anywhere. Churches, restaurants, everything was closed. So we would go there and we would have a bonfire. We could party and have, you know, kind of like a little potluck situation. And so what I ended up telling our friends there, I said, hey, guys, we know we're going to get a community center here eventually. But for right now, till we get our money right and figure out the paperwork and everything, this spot on this beach right here, this is our headquarters. So even if I'm out of town, there will be people here. And so um, that really helped 
us get focused on, okay, this is where we can meet up one day a week for a few hours, come together and start talking about solutions. And that was the other part, um, which I appreciate about, appreciate about uh, bros, um, is we're talking about solutions here. You know, anybody can point out the problems and we're talk, trying to talk about how can we resolve this? So mm -hmm. um, those are two of the uh, suggestions and you might wanna start thinking about having direct relationships with farmers, ranchers, producers of food. I think that's where this is going. I, the, I, I think you're right, man. They're, they're probably going to steal elections continually until the people um, do something because why not? If the people just accept their slavery, then just keep them enslaved, lie to them, tell them whatever they want to hear. Yeah, we're going to fix the machines or whatever, you know, lies they'll believe. But eventually when enough people are like, no matter what comes out of these guys' mouth, I don't believe them. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Maybe you guys too. So I don't trust nothing they tell me. In fact, anytime the media starts getting on a bandwagon, I'm like, I'm going to believe the opposite of that until I can have any type of facts and I think that's one of the, the reasons your guys' work is so powerful because you're like real journalists out there and you're like checking sources. And I, I didn't realize that. And I think Jason might have been one or maybe it was another person else that I posted a meme. And uh, you were like, hey, man, I'm not sure that meme is has factual, you know, credibility or you might want to check that. And I was like, I didn't even think about that. You know, I like I find something that feels right and maybe seems right. But as you guys know, as, as actual journalists, I'm kind of like a you know, amateur trying to learn and, and, and produce. It's like, oh, I have to verify for myself because if I have people following me, they're going to depend on that and they're going to spread this misinformation. So it's like, we got to get back to basics. And I think that's what's happened is that humans have forgotten that the most important thing is their own connection with themselves and their connection with other humans and primarily parents or you know, family members. And this whole thing has divided so many family members. So many um, divorces have occurred. There's been some, you know, like relationships created, but um, children are kind of turned against parents or vice versa. It's normally the kids going against the parents in my experience because the schools uh, weaponize mm -hmm. their mind, whether in the high school or college, and they're breaking up this bond, which normally, uh, would be the bond which we would die for. You know, I would die for my children, for my parents. And sometimes these um, bonds get in the way of the political agenda. So for their plan for global enslavement, I think, um, I can't remember who said it, but I think it was uh, something in a UN document. They got to break up the family unit because that is the final unit to get to their, you know, idealist, socialist utopia where there's a few people in charge and uh, everybody else has to you know beg for food scraps so uh, but i think it's about community i think it's about getting out of the city uh, you might want to get some type of weaponry um i don't promote any type of violence but if somebody's coming to your door and trying to take your stuff um and that's the stuff that you need for your your wife and your children or your husband and children um you might want to be prepared you know um unrest is coming and i think it's all planned they have a 2030 timeline and they're all in, in my experience uh, of research and seeing what's going on. They're not turning back these predators, Rockefellers, Rothschilds, Bushes, Skull and Bones, Bilderberg, Trilaterals, Counts on Four Relations. Like they, they get together and you know plan this stuff out. And um, it might not be as, as apparent to some of the new people, but there's a lot of research to do um, to, to get convinced of their plan 
to destroy uh, the family unit or even the freedom in America, you know, but um, one of the, the hopeful things is I see 3D guns as multiple, not just um, defense distributed, but there's other organizations out there that are doing 3D printed guns. And I'm like, awesome, you know, like, great, you can just print these things out. But I think they they noticed that uh, some years ago. So it's not even about weapon. I think it's the mental enslavement, the food, and they're going to use that to uh, to get people chips. So um, direct relationships with farmers also um, I'm learning about up here, you know, where I'm at. So, um, there's, there's a lot of learning that I'm doing. And I think that's the, the key things we got to keep learning. Always, man. Yeah. We, we always have to continue to be climbing that mountain of enlightenment. You know, we can never mm -hmm. just feel like we've hit the plateau and we stop, you know, there's, I think that's, uh, when we hit a dead end intellectually, morally. So yeah, we always got to continue to keep growing and evolving. But one of the things, well, there's a couple of things I like about you, David. But one of the things I love so much about you is your passion. And it comes through just hearing you talk, you know, hearing you speak about these things and, and hearing you speak about solutions. And that's another thing, too, is you've always been so dedicated to solutions. You know, some people get a little too caught up in the theory, maybe. And for better or for worse, you know, we need some of that. Uh, other people maybe get a little too caught up and maybe the online side of things, I might be guilty of that. But you're somebody who always continually tries to find solutions and tries to manifest them in reality, whether they be online yeah. or in real life. And it actually reminds me, you know, sometimes I forget we're both from Santa Cruz. So we have that bond and connection there. But we originally met in 2015 when you were putting on that conference in San Jose. And that's where I also met Daryl Brown for the first time, who's uh, you know, from the Detroit Threat Management mm -hmm. Center, one of the only private uh, security mm -hmm. protection services that have been completely... Uh, I mean, they've been a positive force in their neighborhood. They're successful as a business, as a as an entity. And yeah, it was a great pleasure to meet Dale Brown there. Of course, he's kind of taken a turn into the meme world now with some of more of his, his public persona stuff. But um, I do appreciate the fact that you do focus so much on the individual and that internal growth to manifest freedom, to manifest this world that we're trying to work towards. And I actually saw a quote on your timeline, your Facebook timeline that said, you cannot hope to build a better world without improving individuals. And that quote's mm. from Marie yep. Curie, I believe. And I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I couldn't say it any better. I think we always have to start with ourselves first before we point the finger at these yep. institutions or these mechanisms, mm -hmm. systems of control, because ultimately mm -hmm. this is what we have control of is ourself first. So you, you had mentioned, um, you know, also the exit and build strategy, which again is taking that action and power into your own hands to, to move forward out of these control systems. And I also just wanted to uh, put on our, our listeners radar that if that is something that sounds interesting to you, and as David said, leaving the urban areas, mm -hmm. going a little bit more rural, well, you can connect with people that are also doing the same thing and potentially in your neighborhood. Derek Bros and John Bush have set up a wonderful website called the Freedom Cell Network which I believe is freedomcells.org. And there you can actually meet other people who have similar beliefs, the similar mindset as yours, network, potentially meet in, in real life and try to build those bonds now and try to build those connections within the networks with all these things we're talking about, whether it be food or protection or just having other people to talk to. Sometimes that's just as important as we found out during the COVID years, you know, just to be able to share these ideas as you were mentioning with the beach bonfires and everything. 
But recently you made a video directed at Kanye West mm. and mm. basically told him that he hasn't gone all the way yet to call out slavery. And I, I love so much that you did this, David. And you also mentioned that uh, he wasn't striking at the root. He's rather just trimming the branches of the tree. And you suggested that striking at the root would be addressing the belief in authority. So I was just wondering, like, what compelled you to make this video? And can you explain this critically important point to maybe to someone who has never heard counterintuitive information such as this? Mm. Yeah, I was thinking about it because check this out, man. I posted, um, I stole this meme from some guy and gave him credit, but it was, it said, the media is more angry at Kanye than they ever were at Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> I posted yeah. that like three or four days yeah. ago. It's that true. Thing, <laughs> oh my, isn't that so wild? It's like, I was like, holy cow. So that touched a zeitgeist component of consciousness. It's got shared over 24,000 times. And I was like, whoa, I was like, why did that get shared so much? I'm also getting like shadow panned like Facebook, man. Like my stuff is not getting seen as much as it was during the, you know, the, the uh, COVID years just a couple of years ago. And so I said, so what was it about that meme? I'm trying to understand social media and marketing. I'm like, okay, so there's something about Kanye. He is, he's standing up to something. I appreciate what he's doing. I'm going to a Trump guy, but I appreciate that he wore the Trump hat because he was like, he's he, he, all of his people around him said, Hey, if you wear that Trump hat, you know, like that's a suicide and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're not going to tell me what yeah. to do. So I think a part of him is free. I think a part of him, what did he, he called out slavery, uh, maybe five or maybe eight years ago. I don't remember, but he was like people, the, the black people like accepted their slavery or, you know, they didn't stand up against it. So there's something about him that he is a real uh, cultural icon. And I was like, well, I need to send this to him. Pro probably won't get to him, but let me try. And um, maybe it will somehow. So I made a 60 second clip to uh, put it on reels and put it on the, you know, some smaller um, attention span. And I tried to include the fact of yeah, belief in authority is the root problem because he still believes in yeah. authority. And so he's talking about slavery, but unfortunately, Mr. West, sorry, brother, you're still a slave. And guess what? I was too, because I was still believing in the system. I was still, you know, when I, when I learned about Ron Paul and I was like, yeah, champion of the constitution, you know, raise all this money from the military, bring the troops back. And then you see how the media doesn't give him any time. And the, the debate didn't give me any time and they probably stole, you know, the uh, what was it, Maine, New Hampshire and, you know, the, the first caucuses and stuff in 2012. So at some point we break out of believing that anybody has any authority over me, over you without our consent. And actually the Declaration of Independence says that one of my buddies, he's like uh, we were talking about law stuff. And I was like, how are you fighting the law case? And he's like, I would go to the court or go to these uh, meet. He was doing family custody stuff. And it says in the Declaration of Independence, the just powers of government come from the consent of the governed. So he's, so he's uh, sir, you know, your honor, uh, here the Declaration says this. So I didn't consent. So how do you have any just powers over me? So it's this constant educational process of understanding that I'm born free. It even says 200 years ago in your document, you know, the um, 
the Constitution is super status, but like the Declaration of Independence got some good stuff in there. You know, abolish the, the alter the government if it gets off point, and we have that right from God. So I think the evolution of human consciousness in three words is monarchism, constitutionalism, and voluntarism. Yes. And so this whole thing is going to implode because of the, they, they call it the great reset, but they know this uh, fiat money system can't sustain itself and every fiat system goes to zero as zero hedge teaches us and it will. So they're trying to make this bridge between the complete collapse of the dollar to this central banking digital currency, in my opinion. So they're trying to make that bridge before the bridge is broken. Because if, if this thing crashed right now, they lose all power because everybody's going to get back to, you know, basics through foods, you know, foraging basics, you know, chickens, gardens. But if they can make the bridge, let's say in the next five to seven years, and then the thing crashes. Now they just control everybody and everybody's already locked in. They got their cards and you know, all these dependencies. So um, with Kanye, I would just put it out there because some people haven't heard of Lysander Spooner. I was shocked about his essay, The Constitution of No Authority, that he wrote in 1870. Go look that up. There's clips on BitChute as well. And it basically says, Nobody can sign a contract for you. So the, the Declaration, the Constitution, those are not bound. You're not bound to those things because your grandfather can't sign something for you. So this is talking about lawful stuff about contracts. The only way you're bound to a contract is if you sign it or agree to it yourself. That's it. We are literally connected to God or we're just under God or creator or source or nature. Call it what you want. Um, but we are the highest authority on the earth. And that is what voluntarism is about. So um, I learned how to do some editing with this CapCut app recently. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. So, you know, you got the, the text on there and I made the, you know, voluntarism yellow and kind of, you know, I'm still learning this stuff, but then put some music in the background. So the main thing is to send us to Kanye. If he doesn't get it, maybe some of the other constitutional friends that I have will see it because the there's a lot of people who are waking up, but their solution is to go run for, you know, school board, um, city council, mayor, whatever, senator, state, state assembly. And I applaud them for taking action. And then once they waste two or so many years of their life, um, they probably will evolve as some of us have. And we're like, you know what? This thing is all criminal. And it is. It's all based on coercion and any type of coercive activity against peace people is criminal so it was kind of a an educational thing to put out there and how to get it off my chest that you know what if you're sincere kanye if you get this man look at this but uh, i think with some of these big time celebrities a-listers who've been in the game with hollywood for a long time they got a bunch of yes men around them and uh unfortunately kanye's got a huge ego so um that leads to arrogance and um that means you're not willing to learn so it one of the clips I saw, man, God bless him. He was just screaming at the interviewer saying, I got the ideas, not you. And it's like, holy cow, dude. Like, how <laughs> arrogant are you that they, you think you have all the ideas? All right. And so he hasn't got there yet. He actually has stopped on the mountain, as you said, Jason. And um, hopefully he will, you know, get back up, get back on his horse and start climbing this thing. Because I feel really sad for you, Kanye, because I saw that your lawyer said if you don't shut up effectively 
you're going to lose custody of your kids. So it's like everything's turning in against you, Kanye, because you're calling out um, an ethnic group, a religious group, a national group, whatever, and you miss the boat, bro. You miss the actual thing which they're using against you called the court system. You know, and in the jails right now, 60% of prisoners are there for nonviolent offenses. And so I love what you guys are doing there at the Free Thought Project because talking about the war on drugs, that's a serious problem, man. Sending somebody to jail for planting something or, or, or consuming a plant. Um, and then on the opposite side, I do see that Colorado is going to maybe pass some you know, mushroom legalization and they started off legalizing cannabis, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago now. So consciousness moves slow. And that's what I'm starting to realize uh, when I was down in Santa Cruz. We, uh, we did civil disobedience, and the reason I was targeted was not because I was doing right to travel alone. It was not because we were shopping without masks in summer of 2020, but the combination of them both. Mm. So those two, like an X, put them on me. And, you know, right to travel, you just get tickets, and you go to court, and you fight it, and, you know, civil disobedience. But many of these super status, they were – really believing the media and so they really thought there was this virus that's you know killing people point zero 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 one percent you know and so us shopping without a mask triggered them and then once they found out that rodriguez was driving without plates um i started getting my car towed and one of the lessons i've learned because i'm in reflection now i um i did take a plea deal back in july because i realized i'm not going to get a fair shake and i had moved you know hundreds of miles away so I was like, all right, let me just take this. Um, but one of the big takeaways was I got arrested for not identifying myself in multiple cases. So if I would have just complied and just said, hey, I'm doing this under threat and duress, or what I do now is some officer gives me a command and I stay, I stay human with him. I know he's just doing his job. He's getting a paycheck for his family. I say, Okay, officer, I know you're doing your, your, uh, your job, and you're a good guy, but it's the politicians who are making you do this, and you're a victim of the politicians, and I'm a victim of the politicians, so victims shouldn't fight victims. Right? I try to see if I can get some discretion from him, but he says no, and he starts getting firm and starts you know, using his psychopathic mindset that he got from police academy, and he says, you got to show me this. And I say, okay, if I don't show it to you, what are you going to do to me? I'm going to pull you out of the car. I'm going to rush you. I'm whatever. Okay. So then he has articulated his violence against me. So now I get to stay in integrity with myself and with honor. And I say, under duress, I'll show you my ID. So it was more that I didn't identify myself that I got arrested um, because I was pushing the limits. I was in different jurisdictions, San Jose, Santa Cruz, um, different counties, different cities, CHP, different agencies. And so that's what I wanted to do. I was a right to travel activist for three years. I had private plates on my car. I did have my license. I did have registration. But I was just like, what happens when I take the plates off? Because I'm so sick of it. And you know, Jason, and maybe Matt, in the urban areas, especially in the Bay, Northern California, they have these fast track. Um, now they're extorting you on automatic, you know, like, like, um, Continually, you drive through the, the the bridge, you drive through an exit. So I didn't want to be extorted. So I put the plates on there and I did my experiment. My experiment resulted in that cops 
don't know the law. They don't care about the law. They're trained to do something. They're going to do something. It's a fraternity. It's a, it's a hierarchy. And if I challenge them too much, they go into, oh, shit mode. I don't know what to do mode. You know, let's, let's cuff them. Let's, uh, you know, handcuff them and we'll, we'll worry about it later. Um, there was a positive experience I had, though, in one of the counties, in one of the conservative counties um, where I uh, traveled through and around because I still had an outstanding case in another county that I uh, was a passenger in my own car, <laughs> private plates. Long story short, the guy comes to the window, says, identify yourself. I'm a passenger in my car. My buddy's driving the car. And I say, sir, I'm happy to identify myself. If you suspect me of committing a crime with a living victim, I'd be happy to do so. No, you don't have plates. That's not, is that a crime? We went back and forth. He reaches through my window, opens the door, pulls me out, throws me in the back of the, the, the car, and arrests me for resisting arrest or obstructing justice or whatever it was. And they took me to jail, towed my car. And so um, then I, I was like, oh, I can't believe this thing. So I tried to do Zoom with that court case. And they kept like pushing it back. And anyways, I uh, didn't show up. I, I, I sent them, no, excuse me. I sent them the challenge of jurisdiction paperwork, which is a Supreme Court decision. I think it's U.S. versus Mello, which Santa Cruz County ignored, Santa Clara County ignored. Um, but it says, in short, once jurisdiction is challenged, it must be proven. And so three Judges in Santa Cruz just railroaded me. I said, screw you guys, dude. You guys are such criminal mafia. And then so I sent them the paperwork. I didn't hear back. Okay, so two weeks ago, I get pulled over. And the cop pulled me over for having no front plate, okay? So I have regular plates, regular state plates on my back, and no front plate. So he pulled me over. I'm like, oh, my gosh, these guys have nothing to do. They're just revenue generators. He pulls me over. Uh, you know, you got any... Uh, warrants, you know, I said, no, okay. Goes back, comes to my car again, says, oh, um, so I pulled you over for having no plates. By the way, uh, you have a warrant. Okay. Um, all right. I said, uh, can I see the warrant? He's like, well, I can't go down to this county and get it. You know, it's in their file cabinet. I'm like, all right, well, I'd like to see the warrant. You know, if you're say I have a warrant, I'd like to see it, please. And so his buddy goes back a few minutes later, he comes up to me and brings the fix-it ticket. He says, hey, it's a fix-it ticket. You know, put your front plate on your car. And uh, and by the way, you might want to get that warrant to taken care of, all right? I said, okay. All right, have a good night. Bye-bye. And that was it. So one of the great things was that in the conservative counties, it seems that they use more discretion because I was under the impression that if a cop finds somebody with a warrant, and maybe because it was a petty warrant, right? It was a fail to appear on some petty misdemeanor, like super weak. It wasn't some like violent, terrible thing. It was like, this is what I said. So um, they have discretion. And I, I believe if I was in Santa Cruz or Santa Clara County, I probably would have had been forced to, to sign another promise to appear, or they might have uh, kidnapped me, aka arrest me. So um, that's kind of a little, little story just about the, the stuff that's going on with cops and, and why I was targeted and some of the takeaways for some of the listeners, because if we stay silent, if we keep complying, we get what we deserve. And that's where my spirit is at now. I think we're on some major spiritual uh, journey. 
And I start to think that like reincarnation is kind of like a real thing. Like we choose to come here or something and we choose, you know, almost um, a mission. And then we got to like find the mission again or find what, what makes our heart happy or what we, what we're committed to. Cause MLK was committed to his mission. Gandhi was committed to his mission. And I don't think any of them reached full voluntarism yet. I think they were getting close, maybe Gandhi closer than uh, Martin, but uh, that's where we're going now. I, I feel, I feel like humanity is getting to that point. And I'm glad you said, Matt, that Rogan was talking like a, like an anarchist in the last six months. I don't listen to him that much. Um, but I do appreciate some of the clips. He does seem to be like a sincere seeker. And, um, I think that mm -hmm. might be one of the tactics for some of the listeners out there. If you have connections with media influencers to start planting some of these seeds, which are so basic, I couldn't believe that, um, one of the, phrases I heard when I was in Arcapoco, um, cause I was there, I, I attended the first six years because I was sick of the, the Ron Paul election being stolen. One of the phrases I got was who owns your body. And, and that really resonated with me because I knew for a fact I own my body and I start to learn that I, I'm not the master converter from anybody or trying to like, you know, you know, convince anybody, whatever my ideas, but I'm like Johnny Appleseed of freedom and I'm like planting seeds <laughs> and I plant it and like, you know, Jason and Matt water it and, you know, some of the other people out there water it. And then, you know, somebody else is the sun and we're just this team. And there's like a lot of people, there's a huge awakening of freedom. And I've seen it at, at pork fest in New Hampshire, Jack Lopez in Arizona, um, Anarcha Vegas, Narcopoco, uh, Texas, and there's a red pill expo going on here shortly. I mean, there was a lot going on, but until people realize that they are the slaves in their own head, they believe in somebody having authority or they're going to keep repeating. So I, I no longer like, you got to believe like me. I'm like, Hey, plant this seed, walk away. And then, you know, maybe in a few years they come back just like me, I'll hear something. And I'm like thinking about that. I'm like, what are the what do you mean by that? You know, or what's the, I, I don't understand that. And so my subconscious mind just keeps mulling over and then eventually it cracks and I'm like, aha, I get it. Or I finally understand. And so that's that mountain that we're on. It was we're like, we're like, keep climbing as you say. And I think that's what is related to the educational stuff that I do because the school system taught me that the answers have been found. Don't worry. Just get a job and, and, and get a retirement when you're 65 and, and, and that's the life. But that was all deception. I um, forgot to mention I worked with John Taylor Gatto and helped uh, republish his underground history of American education. That changed my life um, when I saw that five-hour documentary. That in itself is, is pretty amazing. He's such an icon and such a thought leader. Yeah, I'd love to, to talk about that more. But I actually wanted to just check back in with this topic. Um, you said a lot there, a lot of great things. I yes. really do. <laughs> no, no, I really do appreciate you kind of going over the right to travel stuff. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of great points that you made, but I recently, actually yesterday, did a interview with the former co-founder of Cop Block, Pete Ayer. And mm. he is a guy who's like very much into philosophy, theory, 
And he presented to me a question, which I thought was pretty profound. And it really made me think. And in fact, I spent most of the morning yesterday thinking on it just to really get to the, the root of the question. But he asked me, what do you believe is the omnipresent conditioning that encourages the relinquishing of one's autonomy to authority? And mm. I could I could say it again, too, if you didn't quite catch it. But yeah, say it slower. Those are some big words. Let's just try it again. <laughs> sure. What is the omnipresent conditioning that encourages the relinquishing of one's autonomy to authority? And mm. that that brought up a bunch of different thoughts in my head. I mean, one of them mm. being obviously just the way that we're raised. And again, this is, yep. you know, goes back to John Taylor Gatto and a lot of the work that you do. And we had about a month and a half ago, we had a conversation with Dana Martin about peaceful mm. parenting and unschooling and the whole partnership parenting paradigm, which I believe is such a huge factor within this whole concept of why we're so conditioned to believe in authority. So I don't, I don't want to rant too much about it. And when that interview goes live, I'll certainly share it on my channels. But what do you think? Like, why are people, um, why do they relinquish their autonomy to authority? Why is that such an omnipresent condition within our society? Mm, yes. I'm so grateful. I, I love John Gatto. I love Dana Martin. Um, I'm familiar with Pete. Great stuff. My view, just when you said that, was absolutely schooling and then related to parenting because of the intergenerational aspect of it. My parents went to public school and this so did their parents. So, right. so um, it's this idea that your child is your possession. Your mm. child must obey you. And I was raised Christian, and I, I like some of the stuff that Jesus says still, but uh, so many Christians have an obedient mindset. I think it might be one of the Ten Commandments, like obey your parents. Um, I forgot it by now, but there is this idea that you will obey me yeah. because I am your father or mother. And I got that too. You know, I was spanked growing up because my parents loved me, and I couldn't figure that out for years of you right. hit me because you love me, but that's what they knew. And I have real good conversation with my parents now about that because I'm very authentic and I appreciate every moment I have with them. So I take every opportunity to speak truth about my life and my emotions and feelings and experience with them. They did the best that they could with all that they had. So I think it comes down to a pledging allegiance of the flag and that was what our parents had as well. So this idea of statism, uh, you got to get permission in school to go to the bathroom, get a drink of water. I mean, this is diabolical violation of human rights. Nowhere would anybody accept that sure. you have to get permission from total strangers to go urinate and defecate. You know, this is unacceptable yeah. at this point. And so <clears throat> I, I believe that's where it comes from. And they know that the younger they can get the child, the easier it is to control their mind. And I think it was the Jesuits who said, uh, what, four or 500 years ago, the first seven years, give me a child for seven years and I will uh, determine his future or I will create the adult. And the whole school system, as Gallo said, it's about learning to obey orders. And in his underground history book, he lays out the primary source quotes and data that the 
schools are designed to make obedient clerks, consumers, and soldiers. And even Johann Fichte said that in 1806 back in Prussia, you know, um, uh, was Germany. So that's where it comes from, in my opinion, as like knee-jerk reaction because I've been such in, in the, the weeds of this whole thing for years. That's what this is about. And so people, mothers and fathers out there, you know, I, I send blessings to you guys. But if you're worried about like the curriculum or the book or these little, you know, branches on this tree of slavery, you, you're missing the boat too. You got to get on the boat that mandatory attendance and mandatory curriculum is seriously immoral, is seriously violating your child's mind because your child has no place to go. They are the most vulnerable children or the most vulnerable people on the planet. You know, if you're in a bad adult relationship, you can move. You can go find a new relationship. You can go be single. But your children, they depend on you for food and shelter and emotional support. So rather than making them obey you, perhaps you are raising the future freedom champions of the planet. And as all enlightened people know, and as probably many of us know and listening here, love is the answer. And I used to think that was kind of a little bit too fluffy because I'm a man. And I didn't really hear my father express super, you know, over expression of love growing up because he's a man. He's Mexican, right? We strong machismo type stuff. And, and I found out, saw, saw my grandfathers get old and pass away and grandmother, same thing. And I said, oh, these strong men, they become, you know, soft at the end. It's all about love. So I looked into it and the Greek have eight types of love. And of course, there is romantic love. But there's also family love. There's self-love. There's uh, agape love for love of humanity. And that's the train that I'm on now is that even though I don't know you, listeners in the world out there, I send you peace and love. And that's why we did free hugs out there in Santa Cruz too, right there at the lighthouse. Uh, 40 weeks in a row, we did the free hugs down there because about a year, a, a year into the scamdemic, I realized these people are in deep hypnosis. They don't care about facts and data and information. They're just parroting what they see on television. And I had one lady stop and we were giving free hugs. And, and um, she's like, you guys are stupid. You're giving out free hugs. And I said, ma'am, have you looked into it at all? And uh, have you looked into viruses? Have you looked at the data, you know, the, the percentage of death? And, you know, I was kind of giving her some facts. She says, I watch CNN and she drove off and this girl must have been 21, 22 years old. So that is her uh, level of doing research. So anyways, we're giving just uh, free hugs out there. Agape love, not trying to hook up with anybody, right? Not trying to like, you know, make it sexual. Literally just, and, and some people didn't want to give hugs. So they give us high fives, fist pumps, um, handshakes. It's totally fine. We're just trying to reconnect with other humans, make that that bond with another human. And we've had multiple people at that time come up and they're like, what are you guys doing out here? And we told them what we're doing. And they're like, oh my gosh, we're like, would you like a hug? And they're like, yeah. And like, it was mostly women sometimes with children say, give us a hug. And they start crying, bro. She's like, I haven't got a hug for my kids in you know, months. And I'm just like, holy cow, this is major human suffering, major um, criminal stuff that these guys are doing. And at the highest level, I believe they know what they're doing. I mean, it's pretty clear. Um, 
they're playing the game of death and depopulation, it seems. And um, love is one of the key things that will resurrect our spirit. And everything seems to be included in love, you know, like gratitude and compassion and abundance and joy. All these things are included in love. So mom and dad, that's one of my suggestions I, I give to clients is your job's not to be their teacher. Your job's not to, you know, teach them all this stuff. And of course, there are some stuff on the side. But in my view, mom and dad, your, your opportunity, your role is to demonstrate unconditional love to your child, to be a champion for that in their experience. So when they move out at age 18 or 20 or 22, whatever age, they leave and they know mom loves me. They know dad loves me because I did get that from my mom. And despite all the stuff, um, they were there when I messed up and there when I, you know, challenged things, even in school. And, you know, even then I was, you know, <laughs> asking questions, right, <laughs> and challenging. And uh, but I knew for a fact my parents, they gave me a curfew because that was their way to protect me. They don't want me to mess up my life. And, and so we have that conversation now. So. Um, again, everything's included in love. So when you demonstrate unconditional love, your child, and this is why I love Dana's work so much because she's been doing it for two decades and her kids are almost all grown now and her kids are all really doing cool stuff. Um, but she did that. And I think, uh, been on some, some, you know, uh, network television and did some really cool things. And we're going to do a project here shortly, hopefully by the end of the month. But, um, that's what the lesson is because when you have unconditional love, not just for your family, but for yourself. Now you're like, you know what? I'm going to do this because I want to do it. I think it's right. Um, but that programming does come from schooling. It comes from parenting. And parents are so triggered by, oh, you didn't obey me. They don't want to obey. They want to be free. These are the kings and queens who are coming through now for this time, for the the great self-ownership awakening that humanity has been waiting for. And, you know, hey, Declaration of Independence was good 200 years ago, but now it's time to evolve. We got to go to the next step. And you see how schools haven't evolved. You still got to sit in a chair and wait, whereas the self-directed learning model or the freedom-based education or unschooling, whatever you call it, homeschooling, the world is the classroom. And anything, anybody you can learn from can be a teacher. So I'm on here. I'm learning from you guys. And then when I go out, you know, talk to young people, old people, I'm learning because I'm out. I realize I'm going to blink and I'm going to be 85, 90, 100. And this game's going to be over. And I pray that I can leave some type of a ripple in my path like John Gatto did for me and maybe Murray Rothbard or Lysander Spooner so that the work that we do will actually make a difference in 50 or 100 years, or maybe, you know, we'll get to a voluntary world by that. But as you said, Matt, these guys, they're not going to give up the ring of power so easily, man. They, they love it. These intergenerational predators, they enjoy the idea that they're going to be sitting on the, the top of the pyramid in perpetuity. And some of the, you know, lower class people are, have no way to get there. Um, so this is, uh, uh, this raises the point of, doing something today to, to make a difference and trying to create some type of intergenerational impact, like planting a tree that you might not see the fruit of. And I think there's some type of wisdom in doing that.
Oh, certainly, man. And and that's the <clears throat> I think that's where so much so many of the problems in today's society come from is a lack of love for people like that people have for themselves. You know, we uh, <clears throat> we as a society don't even value human life anymore. And when if you don't do that, then you you certainly are not going to be kind to your neighbor or, you know, you're not going to people think that humans are a virus right now, like a large percentage of the planet thinks that 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 human humanity humanity should be wiped off the face of the planet like we got people like the the what are these people the ones that are throwing the um the soup on paintings and stuff uh what are their names climate activists yeah yeah whatever <laughs> yeah. their little their their organization is, <laughs> oh, you know man. like these people they <clears throat> they clearly don't love themselves they clearly you know they they just yeah they don't have that. They don't, they're not trying to be the change they want to see in the world. Instead, they're trying to force change mm. on the world. And, and you can't do that. And mm. you have to, and you can't fight with these people. You can't, you can't battle these oligarchs. You just have to start being different. And then you have to act different. Like you just said, man, love is, is such a, is such a key aspect in changing all that that's why on the free thought project one of our main categories that we write in all the time is be the change you know like you have to this all starts with us within with inside everybody you know and that's um and it's amazing like you said the the quote uh, about give me seven years you know <clears throat> when we uh when we had dana martin on uh we talked a lot about that about the homeschooling and such and and how her kids were able to like do entire high school math in just a couple of weeks. And uh, it's, it's mind blowing what the, what humanity can do when we, when we have this, like this self-respect and dignity and self-love and, and are able to, to uh, you know, to, 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 to go in that direction instead of being put in these boxes and stuff. So it's, yeah, man, I, I 100% agree. I think that's like the main solution there. Uh, and, and I know it sounds kind of like all hippie and, and uh, hippity dippity and stuff, but I mean, it's, it's true. It, it, this is, if you don't love yourself, you're never going to love your neighbor. And if you don't love your neighbor, then you're never going to get along. And then we're going to end up in a situation like we have building right now. It's only going to get worse. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And it's so funny because, um yeah hippie dippy i've heard that a few times and i'm like yeah you know like like people doing crystals or meditation or stuff like that i'm like well i haven't really got into crystals too much but i'm like i think there's something there I, you know uh, there's only so much stuff i can focus on but like i i am doing meditation i'm doing meditation for a little bit even if it's just like 10 minutes a day um the more i sit with myself in silence and it's not like i'm doing some mantra or something although you're welcome to do those but just it's just sitting with myself and noticing what comes through me and feeling what I feel and um, letting go and just understanding that today could be the last day you know I pray to source you know for a great day and um, like but just like how come we didn't learn this stuff because once we are okay with death in my opinion they they can't stop us you know this is again one of the other pushback I have um, for some of the people who believe in eternal hell fire, no offense to anybody, but I really was afraid of that growing up, dude. I would steal like little candies when I was like, you know, seven or eight years old, you know, from the liquor, liquor store. And, uh, and then I would go to church and they say, oh, oh, you know, you're gonna you know, go to hell. And I was like, oh my God. And I would go in the, in the bathroom and I would like pray, oh God, forgive me, Jesus, you know? And so there was this terrorism that I felt um, 
And I don't know, I don't believe that there's an eternal damnation for something, you know, like there's one way you believe. And if you don't believe this way, your entire future for, for eternity is doomed. I think they have used that version, namely the King James version. I'm like, well, how many versions are there? And who's writing this stuff? You know, what about the Romans 13 where, you know, it says the, God put that guy in charge, so you should be obey him, you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, my Lord. So I think there's a bigger mystery that we're playing right now, and I think it might be something like love is all there is. We are the embodiment of that, and we're here on an adventure, and we want to connect and learn, and then our soul goes to somewhere else afterwards. A side note which gets into the hippie dippy stuff with science, and I, it has totally blown my mind. And we'll we'll get back back on track here, but um, it's called the Monroe Institute, and they help people learn how to leave their bodies, out of body experiences. And I think it was the CIA who went and learned from them to do remote viewing, and my jaw dropped. There was a documentary on either YouTube or Gaia Channel or somewhere. And the guy, Robert Monroe, sincere dude, uh, seeker, and he then he trained some other people to do it. So it wasn't like some special skill that he had. Anyways, in one of the speeches that one of his uh, kind of colleagues gave, he said, you know, I go to these science conferences and people debate how many universes there are or how many dimensions there are. And he's like, they're debating if there's 10 or 11 dimensions. And he's like... Are you kidding me? He said, there's thousands of dimensions out there. And he says, you can go to them. And he's like, I've been doing this for 45 years, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, holy smokes, man. I, I cannot understand this stuff. So I just admit that I don't know anything kind of like uh, Socrates or Voltaire or Einstein or any of these like really smart guys. Once they, they say, the more I learn, the less I know. And eventually you just admit that you know nothing and it's like, okay, if these smart dudes can say that, then I can say that too. Uh, but there's something bigger going on. And um, I think it was Marcus Aurelius who said, death smiles at us all. All we can do is smile back. Or all a man can do is smile back. So they've used terror to, to control us. And now we're breaking through. Even plant medicine has been a big help for me, you know, um, mushrooms i've tried dmt uh, ayahuasca and there's more that i like to try but you know i gotta you know do some other stuff to uh, to focus on it but i try to do mushrooms once a year try to take a, a heroic dose if i can as uh, terence mckenna taught me um i don't think i've done five grams yet but you know like three grams or something and you know do it in, in your room by yourself with the lights off and i got my blanket make sure nobody's home and you know, like, uh, and, and then I go on a journey for six or eight hours and then I come out and I just feel connected to life. I feel connected to my friends, to my family, to myself. And I just feel like this vibration of love and it, it, it takes the stress off me. Um, as you guys know, I'm like, I said, I don't know how Matt and Jason handle all the stuff you guys handle. So much respect for you um, because even myself in the schools, you know, I, I get deep into the research and what's going on. And I'm like, ah, deep breath, let it go. It's been going on for a while. We're going to plant seeds. The trees are going to grow. You know, it's going to go on. And um, But to, to re-establish um, what is important in this moment, 
I think plant medicine has done a great thing. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, humanity is awakening, but they're not sure what they're awakening to yet. And, um, it's, I don't know, it's an exciting time to be alive and it's also a crazy time to be alive. Um, and, but the children are the hope. And that's where I think a lot of my passion comes from because I wish somebody would have told me about voluntarism when I was eight or 10 years old. Um, and you see some of these kids who get it. And I got a funny story from uh, Rosalind Ross. Um, she's a mother. I think she has a couple kids now, but she was telling me the story of her five-year-old son. And she's a voluntarist. I believe her partner is as well. And, you know, with this whole who owns your body thing, that's what she taught her son, you know, um, that you need, uh, nobody can touch you, right? Like you have to get permission. So she took her son to a family reunion and some uncle comes over and tries to pick him up and he slams his elbows down and says, Hey, you got to get permission to pick me up. And the uncle was shocked. And he take a step back and Oh, I'm so sorry, nephew. Um, is it okay if I pick you up? And then the nephew says, no, thank you. Smiles and then runs off, you know, and it's just like exercising that authority at that age, that dude, I'm like sending peace and love and protection for that dude because that guy and probably your kids too. Um, but it's like, he's the future champion. Who's going to go build the stuff, make the art, make the music, you know, write the books, write the articles and, and make the films and do everything because he sees the huge contrast that is going on because his mom and dad demonstrated it to him. He learned that actually getting respect is not based on what you do for mom and dad. You get respect when you're born. And in this house, we're a family. And Dana's quote that I love is, everyone's needs matter. And so they that's how they work in their house. And it's like, if you treat a child that way, that's all he knows, then he's gonna grow up. And, you know, and that's what happens when they're 10 years old, they, they're at the dinner table with like company, and they're not afraid to talk. They don't have self-doubt. They're talking with authority, you know, but they've learned they, you know, they don't know everything, but hey, this is what I did. Here's my experience. And here's what I did with my lemonade stand, or we're selling cookies on the corner. And I've noticed this about marketing. <laughs> and you're just like, how old are you, man? You're 10? Jeez, you are crushing it right now. You know, uh, garage selling, flipping things. It's just like, unbelievable um that this internet thing exists that we can even listen and talk with each other through the through the airwaves so it's a it's a really transformational time to be alive and the children really are coming through that are just so exciting to see them um have their their, their light shine i have a lot of hope in the future i feel like we probably should have queued up the song that children are the future for the for the end of this and we kind of just faded that out but <laughs> no i i very much agree in fact i said the same thing uh, a couple of weeks ago on a, a podcast and had to catch myself like halfway through realizing it was actually a song that was performed in the 80s and i'm pretty sure it was like a whole a bunch of different artists came together to to sing that song as they did a few times throughout the 80s for various causes all right, free thinkers, we're nearing the end of this podcast. Please don't forget to consider donating or subscribing if you appreciate the work we do. Go to our website, www.thefreethoughtproject.com, and at the top, you'll find the tabs to check out the Free Thought Project membership, and also check out our store tab where we have shirts, stickers, and a bunch of other merch. 
Please also follow us on social media. We're on 16 different social media platforms. And most importantly, please review and rate this podcast if you enjoyed it. It'll help us out greatly and help us reach other free thinkers. I really appreciate that you got into uh, the psychedelic side of things and the existentialism side of things. Those are two topics that we don't really get to talk about a bunch. We will be having Luis Fernando Mises on our podcast in a few weeks. We'll be talking about more plant medicine guys. So definitely check that one out. But we're getting really close here to the end point and we're going to have to wrap up. If you have any last words that you kind of want to share with our audience, David, but otherwise tell them how they could find you and uh, follow your work. Yes, absolutely. It's been a fun time, guys. Um, you can find all my work at davidjamesrodriguez.com. And I think some of the work that's really exciting, I'm doing accelerated high school graduations right now, and it's starting to pick up. And that's through thevaloracademy.com. So if you have a, a teenager um, as young as 13, um, I haven't done a 13-year-old graduation, but like 14 through 18, even adult graduation, I have a private school. Um, which is virtual here in California. And so I can walk you through that process and you can support my work. But more importantly, you can liberate your teenager from the system and, and also homeschoolleader.com. Um, I'm on Facebook with that as well. Learning about homeschooling. I realize, mom and dad, it is the most terrifying thing that you might do because you're afraid of ruining your child's life or you don't know what to do. The curriculum, socialization, CPS, all these things, we cover that um, in the group. And so you can reach out. We can do one-on-one uh, -on -one consulting as well. And, and then the Gatto project itself, um, working with Gatto, um, we, we created this acronym together, which was get all the thinkers out of forced schooling. And he gave me his, his blessing on that one. So it's a Gatto project, which is we got to get them out. And he said that all effort to reform schooling is a waste of time, energy, and resources. And so to all the school choice people out there, thanks for what you're doing. And ultimately, I think you'll come to the conclusion that we have, which is we got to get the children out. So that's going to hopefully go live again here by the end of the year, gattoproject.com. But everything is at davidjamesrodriguez.com. And it really is intergenerational. So, you know, it's run hard and also rest hard. Um, enjoy this experience and keep learning, build relationships with the people that you respect and start to realize that, you know, we are the lights and we are the ones we've been waiting for. And this is the greatest time to be alive. And this is what humanity has been waiting for. So don't fall into the media fear, deception. They're truly trying to um, rule your mind. That's all they can do at this point. Um, there's too many people. There's too many um, Second Amendment people. There's like all this happening, but if we forget about self-ownership and voluntary relationships or voluntarism, we fall back into it. So it's this constant relearning process that I do with myself. And, uh, you know, as it turns to whether to meditation or as you mentioned, the plant medicine or um, reading and learning, we can do it all. We can do it all. Uh, Buckminster Fuller said every child's a born genius. The problem is they get degenious to trying to please their teachers and please their parents. So you're brilliant and you are genius and you're born free. And uh, this is the best time to be alive. So keep um, keep expanding and growing. And thank you, Jason and Matt, for all the amazing visionary work that you're doing. I look forward to 
um, maybe interviewing you guys next or being on here again and uh, kind of give you an update, see what's happening as we build solutions and uh, build a voluntary world one relationship at a time. Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. Yeah, we would love that. And uh, well said, man, on all fronts. And especially, I'm, I'm so glad that you touched on the love aspect of things. I, I don't think that's uh, something that gets talked about enough, as we all have mentioned here. It, I think it gets classified as just being a little too cheesy or uh, hippy dippy, as Matt had mentioned. So it's not, guys. Like This is exactly what we need. There needs to be more of that uh, embracement of love for one another. So David, you're an awesome, awesome, amazing person. We very much appreciate you having having you on and uh, definitely follow David on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, also, as he had mentioned, the homeschoolleader.com, davidjamesrodriguez.com, thevaloracademy.com. David, you have a heart of gold, man. You're one of the most sincere, authentic people within this movement. There's a reason why I and so many support your work. It's because you have a fire inside that won't quit. You recognize the injustice, the coercion, the lack of cassette in society, which, of course, as we said, you know, makes you a target, but you're also a warrior for truth. And I have personally witnessed your passion, perseverance, and shifting from different forms of activism on your journey. So I have no doubt your values, your principles, your devotion to the truth will continue to lead you to empowerment and inspire others to enlightenment as we slowly change minds and hopefully change the world. Absolutely. It's an honor, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Hell yeah, David.